Flow state, also known as being in the zone, is the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity. The flow experience can be related to the comfort zone along with peak performance. A state of flow is focused on the present moment. Let's identify elements of flow and brainwaves associated with the flow state and even discover exercises to help you get into the flow state more often. You're listening to the Stop the Mind Screw podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Owen. I have been a certified fitness trainer and certified life coach since 2002. On this channel, we talk about having a growth mindset, healthy habits, fitness, entrepreneurship, and even some reality transurfing. Today, we are talking about flow state and how to experience it more often. So flow state comes from intrinsic motivation or internal motivation. It is very common in professional athletes. A lot of my content goes hand in hand with sports psychology and entrepreneurship. So when I talk about flow, I'm talking about being in the zone where you see the athlete, his actions and awareness become one and he just performs it eloquently. It has to do with habits. It has to do with growth mindset. And it has to do also with reality transurfing. So all the things I talk about here on this channel. And one of the elements I really like about flow is make it a priority. When you make it a priority, you will start to see your life change in infinite ways. And we're going to talk about that today. So there are brain waves that are associated with flow state. What are they? And ideally, to understand the flow state, we need to identify the brain waves we have as humans. Right now, they have five brain wave states that are identified. Number one is your gamma brain waves. And this is the brain waves that is associated with the state of heightened perception, learning, and problem solving tasks. We have beta brain waves, and the associated state is alert, normal, and alert consciousness and active thinking. The next brain wave state we have is your alpha brain waves. And this is associated state is a calm yet alert brain state and these are the flow state brain waves being here in the present and the now this is where one has true flow experiences brain activity has proven that this is flow state it is helpful to identify when your brain is working in this state and then we have theta brain waves and they provide the gateway to subconscious learning and intuition. Theta brain waves take place when our senses are withdrawn from the external 3D world and focused inward. This is state akin to sleep or hypnotic or deeply relaxed state. You are not unconscious but can still control the direction of your thoughts. This state is a great place to start identifying limiting beliefs and even rewriting those limiting beliefs using the pruning shears of revision as taught by Neville Goddard. I will have a link in the show notes and description to that lecture of the pruning shears of revision by Neville Goddard, as well as we will also be talking about this often in the near future. 
And then the last brainwave state that we are known of right now is called the delta brainwaves. And this is associated with a state of sleep and dreaming. And if you would like more information about the brainwaves, I did an episode on brainwaves and I'll have a link to it in the show notes and the description. I also have a mind map that goes with this episode. And I like teaching from a mind map because you can build off of this mind map and I invite you to go download it and then take notes of what you notice this flow because when you start to notice flow, you'll be able to get into it easier and easily make it a priority in your life. You can download that mind map at kathyowen.com backslash mind map. There'll be a link to that in the show notes and the description as well. So there are several elements of flow, and we want to recognize these in our everyday life. There are many different ways to enter these elements of flow. We must consider having a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset in order to have the experience of flow. Let's discuss this. Number one, we have clear goals at an abstract and granular level. So we, we all have goals we want to reach, but when you have them at an abstract level, so you have a big goal you want to achieve, and then you break that down into little bitty to where you're getting down to the nitty gritty granular level of even hourly and minute and by the minute what you're going to do to achieve that goal. And a mind map is also a great way to build off of a, a goal at a big giant level and then build it down to the granular level. And I did a video and a podcast episode on finding goals or setting goals. I talk about this often as a certified fitness trainer. But by finding direction in relation to a the meaningful goal, the mind is rearranged and recalibrated with purpose. What do I mean by this? You set a definite chief aim or great big goal, and you break it down to the granular level. When you do this, you start to see synchronicities everywhere, and you also notice that everything is contributing to that great big goal. Once we identify our purpose, we can always come back to this element, especially when we encounter reactivity of a situation. So for example, you get an argument with a coworker. You can break that down and check that reactivity and go, oh, I see how this is related to my definite chief fame. And so what happens to us when we set that big goal is we start to get complacent and we lead to stagnation. And that can lead to a drifting mind. What do I mean by that? The drifting mind is eloquently described in the book Outwitting the Devil which Outwitting the Devil, I'm going to do more episodes on that, but that is one of my top three books. You've got A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, you've got Reality Transurfing, and then comes Outwitting the Devil. And Outwitting the Devil is a book by Napoleon Hill, and he talks about drifting, how our minds tend to drift, and he uses that against us or the devil or the demons that we have to battle they use us against us so that we drift from our goal. It's just human nature. And it takes discipline and life experience to prove to yourself that you can stop drifting and focus on reaching those long-term goals. Set goals with qualitative and quantitative key performance indicators. 
And we'll discuss these in just a minute. So you want to purify the mind and the intent. And we talked about this last week when we talked about New Year's resolutions. I'll have a link to that in the show notes and description as well. To purify the mind, one must become aware of limiting beliefs and reprogram those limiting beliefs into empowering beliefs. To purify one's intent, must, one must become congruent with the heart and the mind or heart and mind coordination. And we also want to purify our intent by aligning our personal intent with our outer intent. Outer intent comes from the book Reality Transurfing, and it's our higher being, God, the universe, whatever you want to call that. But that is that's intention that we want to strive to get the heart and the mind aligned. And the perfection of one's motive inspires human action. An act is more or less pure depending on the degree of selfless love of God, the universe, infinite intelligence with which it is performed. So there, another element of flow is you have immediate feedback and reporting. While in flow state, one gets immediate feedback and reporting of key performance indicators or KPIs. The feedback loop is a powerful one too. We have both qualitative and quantitative indicators. So quantitative indicators are the most straightforward KPIs. In short, they are measured solely by a number. But qualitative indicators are not measured by numbers. And typically, qualitative indicators or qualitative KPIs is a characteristic of a process like flow or a business decision. Another element of flow is there's harmony between challenge and skill. We've all encountered a time when something is challenging for us, but while in flow, one has a connection between the challenge and the skill. We know when we are in the flow state because our emotional state is balanced. Oftentimes, we can work with a challenge and many times until we reach a skill level <laughs> that equals the harmony between challenge and skill. The good news is it is possible. I'm here to tell you. And it is helpful to challenge oneself to further cultivate or perfect those skills. A mind engaged in the voluntary challenge of accomplishing something worthwhile. This is the ideal state and creates a flow personality. This is where your heart and mind get coordinated and you're also motivated intrinsically or inside. Something is motivating you from your heart, basically. Action and awareness become one is another element of flow. Attention is absorbed by the activity. We become so involved in what we are doing that the activity becomes intuitive and one with the goal. We become capable of handling large, complex amounts of data. We make rapid, correct decisions. We see the connections, the relationships, and the nuanced distinctions. I like to say synchronicities are everywhere. When we are out of flow state or out of harmony, we miss those synchronicities. Another element of flow is distractions are excluded from consciousness. Fear, doubt, and indecision taper away. I can personally testify to this. We leave no room in the mind for irrelevant information as we become one with what we are involved with. I see this happen so often. It's even happened within myself, the shiny object syndrome. And it's so easy to happen in today's world, especially with social media. But when 
we leave no room for distractions. They get excluded from our consciousness when we are in flow. We become one with what we are involved with. We're not easily distracted to go chase that next shiny object. Our personality becomes what is called autotelic, and we're going to talk in more detail about autotelic in just a minute. But the term autotelic derives from two Greek words, auto meaning self and telos meaning goal. It refers to a self-contained activity, one that is done not with the expectation of some future benefit, but simply because the doing itself is the reward. A stronger sense of true self emerges stronger after the flow experience is over. Another element of flow is time is distorted. Time no longer seems to pass the way it ordinarily does. Hours seem to pass by in minutes in general. Most people report that time seems to pass by much faster, but occasionally time appears to slow down. Another element of flow, the activity and the person become autotelic. Here is a quote from the book Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and it says, an autotelic person needs few material possessions and little entertainment, comfort, power, or fame because so much of what he or she is doing is already rewarding. I'm going to restate that because it's kind of important. An autotelic person needs few material possessions. They need few material possessions. It's like the more you get rid of clutter and clean everything up around you, you don't need all that stuff. And when you are autotelic, you realize that you don't need the material possessions. You need very little entertainment. You need very little comfort, power, or fame because so much of what the person is doing is already rewarding. Because such persons experience flow in work, in family life, when after interacting with people, when eating, and even when alone with nothing to do, they are less dependent on the external rewards that keep others motivated to go on with a life composed of routines. A person in flow is more autonomous and independent because they cannot be easily manipulated by threats or rewards from the outside. At the same time, they are more involved with everything around them because they are fully immersed in the current of life. That is from the book Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. I'll have a link to it in the show notes and the description, as well as a link to the blog post that includes all of this good stuff in the blog post. So the activity in the person becomes autotelic. Experience is that it is an end in itself. The activity that consumes us becomes intrinsically rewarding. Autotelic personalities seem to enjoy situations that others would find unenjoyable. Enormous patience and persistence of a positive attitude in the face of prolonged adversity is experienced. I can also testify to that. I wrote about this in my book, uh, The Truth Bubbles Up. I wrote about my experience with this where I had enormous amount of patience and persistence and I, I kept a positive attitude and how that helped me through prolonged adversity. And I can absolutely testify to this. And if you read my book, you will understand exactly what I mean. I'll have a link in the show notes and description below to my book. Another element of flow is you have unwavering, lighthearted focus. So 
this year or recent, I set my New Year's resolutions back at the end of the year and I start working on them back in November, sometimes even as early as October, because I like to get ahead of myself when January does come around and I'm already in a zone. So I set a priority of making flow a priority. That was one of my main goals. And when I started doing that, I started noticing that I had an unwavering, lighthearted focus. For example, if, if, if I'm running late to an appointment or something like that, I always remind myself I'm running on God's time because sometimes we can't help it if we're running late for an appointment. Of course, we have to keep the integrity of keeping that appointment or letting the person know or the job know that we're going to be late. But I keep it lighthearted. And by doing that, I keep my focus as well. This is also a quote from the book Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And when he talks about unwavering, lighthearted focus. Enjoyment is characterized by this forward movement, by a sense of novelty and accomplishment. Playing a close game of tennis that stretches one's ability is enjoyable, as is reading a book that reveals things in a new light, as is having a conversation that leads us to express ideas we didn't know we had. Closing a contested business deal or any piece of work well done is enjoyable. None of these experiences may be particularly pleasurable at the time they are taking place, but afterward, we think back on them and say, that was really fun and wish they would happen again. After an enjoyable event, we know that we have changed, that our self has grown in some respect, and we have become more complex as a result of it. So I'm the Corporate Wellness Director at OcuSoft, or now known as Southwest Research and Technology Center Campus, and OcuSoft is part of that campus. I run a gym called the Ozone that we have, I've been there for 10 years. And during the pandemic, of course, we closed the gym down. And if you've read any of my content or listened to me talk about it before, I did whatever I needed to be done to keep my, to just stay at the job because I love the company that I work for. I love what it stands for. Was it enjoyable? Absolutely not. It was not ideal, but I made it enjoyable. And the experiences I had during that time were undoubtedly benefiting to my life in general. And so I got back into the gym full time in July of 2022. When I got back in the gym, I noticed a lot of things were not right. Like the feng shui in the gym was very disorganized. And I'll have pictures of this as well. So you can kind of see where I went through. I'll have it in the blog post that's going to be linked with this episode. But what I did was I came up with a vision and I wanted to remodel the gym. I wanted to be more functional fitness because as a personal trainer, I knew that that's what this corporation needed. As a corporate wellness director, we all need functional fitness. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Functional fitness just means you are improving your fitness to improve your everyday life. As, as is in walking, as pushing, pulling, lifting, standing, sitting, getting hip flexibility, just so many different things. So I had a vision and I worked with this guy named Zach at Advanced Fitness. He designs gyms. And I said, here's what I want. Here's what I, en I envision. And he helped me design the gym. 
Then I made a presentation that I did to the executive team. And the executive team made the decision that, yes, we want to go with this. And I'm telling you the simple little steps that it took and how this all happened. But this process started back in July. It got improved in, uh, approved in October. That's how long I had to work on this. And then I just got it finished. We're going to be back in the gym the second week of January. And the gym will be open. But I hit many hiccups along the way. And, and, and none of those experiences were particularly pleasurable at the time. But afterward, I can look back and say, that was very rewarding. And the whole thing is very rewarding. As I left my office last night, I was like, ah, it, it, it just brought tears to my eyes because I felt like that was it. That was it. So some elements also of flow is you are able to hold two polarizing thoughts in your mind. And I can go back to something that I learned in Toastmasters. I, one of my really good friends gave an awesome speech where she, a time when she realized the journey and the destination were one. And those are two polarizing thoughts. You've got your journey and then you have your destination. But a spoiler alert, the journey and the destination are one. At least that's the way I believe. And this belief serves me. When we don't identify with the destination, but see the journey and the destination as one, we can hold two polarizing thoughts at the same time. But often the question is asked, what's more important, the journey or the destination? But they both have their benefits. And I really believe the journey and the destination are one. And this is a great state of mind and a huge part of the flow state. It is the psychology of optimal experience. So you're able to hold two polarizing thoughts in your mind. Here's some exercise flow reflections that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Number one, you identify and note any flow breakers and use these to help you identify limiting beliefs and even identify flow breakers. Number two, reflect upon the beliefs around these flow breakers. Once you identify limiting beliefs, you can reflect on them to see why your flow state was broken. And this can be very beneficial and won't even take much effort. You can start what I call a flow journal. I use Notion for this. I really like that. But it can help you see the things in a new way and find your very own sweet spot. And number three, you can change them. You can either change how you relate to them accept them as they are, you can actually change it, or you can do what is called D-O-D-E. Do, optimize, delegate, or eliminate. That means you either do it, or you optimize it and make it easier, or you delegate it to somebody else, or you eliminate it. In conclusion, this is the very thing I coach. I use positive psychology tools and refer to these methods often in my flow coaching program. If you want to see your confidence levels improve, I highly re recommend everything mentioned in today's episode. You now have action steps that you can start today. It will make a big impact in a great way in all areas of your life. 
you'll find yourself living to your potential. And nothing is better than having a life worth living. And the very step is trying to do new things and finding your full potential. Thank you for spending part of your day with me. I trust that you found this very beneficial. And if you know someone who can benefit from this, please share it with them. And until next time, I'll see you next time. Peace out and namaste.